It really is amazing how many leaders want to take charge, take control. They want to guide the bus, steer the ship, lead the canoe. And yet, often they're sitting in the back asking someone else, where are we going? What are we doing? How are we going to get there? Oh, they want the title leader. They want the responsibility of leader. They want, obviously, the paycheck that comes along with being the leader. What they don't want to do is be the person who's assessing every battlefront and asking, what's next? What will we do when we get there? How will we take charge or take control of that arena? Now, honestly, this could be about market share. This could be about dealing with your competition. This could be about dealing with the realities that come along with leading an organization, such as a payroll and income and managing personnel. All of these things are individual, for lack of a better term, battlefronts that a leader's got to address They've got to ta tackle or take on, and then they've got to take action. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do you figure out where your battlefronts are as a leader? Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And if you've been following over the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks, one of the things you've probably seen as a common theme is the idea that leaders today face a major battle. Um, I listened to a governor yesterday uh, and then again today who talked about how as a political leader, one of the challenges faced in the area that she serves is a bill that's been presented and the bill itself has a great face. The bill says we want to accomplish this thing. The problem is that the bill, while it looks really good on the surface and it has a purpose to be served and there, there are much support behind it nationally, not just in her area, but nationally, who say, love what you're doing with that bill, love what it says on the surface, love what it lines out in it. When the governor did the research, the legal team came back and said, well, it's a great bill, but it has a major flaw. And that is, as the bill is written, it opens itself up for a lawsuit. And the problem is that the bill, you could get the bill passed. You could even get massive public approval in getting the bill passed. And that's awesome. That's great. The problem is you can't win the lawsuit. And it's not about actually losing the lawsuit. Writing the bill, proposing the bill, approving the bill, presenting the bill, everybody cheering about the bill invites a lawsuit that you currently don't have. And you probably could eventually win the lawsuit on the merits of the case, but the fact that you would go to court and in the interim between the lawsuit and winning or losing the lawsuit, nothing that the bill intends to accomplish will happen because it all gets put on hold while the lawsuit exists. That is the actual problem. Now, I want you to know that not everyone's willing to say, okay, so this idea of mine, this champion idea that everybody is behind, I, I, I could get all the applause in the world for, for going forward with this new idea, but, but what you're telling me is that not only will it not effectively do what the bill proposes to do, but it will be delaying the very intent of the bill while someone else argues about the merit of the bill that's already been passed unanimously that everybody loves. See, one of the challenges in a lot of leadership roles is that we unintentionally, as leaders, cut our nose off to spite our face. We cut our nose off to spite our face. See, there's a, there's a reality that sits behind truth that it's easy to manipulate. Even 
What's absolutely true is easy to manipulate. Even things that are definably, provably, evidentially true. That big ball in the sky that appears to be white from here, well, it's because it's white hot on a temperature scale. And the closer you get to it, well, the more you realize that it's just too hot to actually get there. The provability is at this distance. You get any closer to that truth and it's going to destroy you. And that is a challenge because it means no one has actually physically touched the surface of the sun to prove just how hot is it on the surface of the sun. No one has actually gone through the legal processes, the arguments that would be this bill. The bill's never been presented. But there's enough evidence for people who've done similar things in the past to say it could be dismantled or at least delayed so that its effect never really pays off. Individual leaders, especially in small organizations, often get caught up in the detail of saying, but what I'm doing is true. Or what I'm doing is right. What I'm doing has all the evidence in the world that it's the best thing for my team, for my people, for the outcome, for our business plan, for our strategies, for our anti-competition or our, our HR. It's the right thing to do. And what they lose sight of is the fact that there are outside detractors who have an agenda. It has nothing to do with truth. It has nothing to do with what's right or what's wrong or what's good for your organization or what's not, but only what's good for their organization and their cause and their goals. And they will destroy you to accomplish their goals. They will destroy you to advance their cause. They will destroy you to get you out of the way of what they want to do. I see this across many platforms right now. One of the challenges that we have is identifying the battlefront. So I'm going to zoom out from individual organizations or individual agendas and, and let's look at as a people right now, and American people, because that's where I live. But this is true globally as well. Now, we're seeing very similar effects in many, many countries right now. My friends in Africa are dealing with it, both in Nigeria and in the Congo. Uh, my friends in Europe are dealing with it in the UK and in France. Uh, my friends in Canada are dealing with it on a very large scale. And that is this. When you run a small business, as I do, a, a very small business, it, it's a family-operated business. So all of the players in my organization, with the exception of when I hire an outside contractor, all of the players in my business are family. My wife, my sons, sometimes my daughter. And as such... When new competition comes in and we have to define how will we measure against this competition, what will we do differently, what new ideas are going to come on board, that's a family decision. It's a very small group of people who make that decision, and usually whatever idea I come up with, they're 100% behind it because I'm the one that has to face the, the challenges and overcome them, whether it's financially or emotionally or actually physically getting the task done. But when you zoom out to a larger organization, that's not a small group of people making a decision. It's a larger body making a decision. And every new challenge that comes in either gets a committee assigned to it or a group of people assigned to it or some other strategy to confront it. So when I was at Corporate America, uh, when I served in Corporate America in the marketing department, we had to look at everything from pricing strategies to new competition to new levels of competition, not just someone else in the market doing exactly what we were doing, but someone else in the market doing something that competed for the same dollars. If we sold advertising, any other entity in that marketplace that sold advertising became competition to us. 
They didn't have to sell the same thing we sold. They just had to sell something that vied for the customer's advertising dollars. Now, that's one battlefront in marketing. In any marketing, any size organization, you've got all four Ps. You've got the placement, you've got the product, you've got the pricing, and you've got the promotion. So pricing is just one of the four pillars just in the marketing department. Now you've got to position yourself against any other competitor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's only one place because when someone comes into your marketplace to sell something similar to what you're selling that's competing for dollars, guess what else they're looking for? Good salespeople. So now all of a sudden you have an HR issue in the same marketplace that you've got a product selling issue. You're going to lose some of the people who've been your best people because the competition wants to take them away if they're really good. They want to have them not only no longer be opponents, but now be their proponents. You follow me so far? So now just in, in a tiny little sliver of the world of marketing, if you sell advertising and someone else comes in to sell advertising, they're going to take your customers and your best employees. That's the way it works. Now you've got a product issue as well. You've got to be able to deliver a good product and maybe even now a better product and that battle just continues as well. Well, none of that stops the idea that you still got the tax man asking you, have you done all your records right? You've got to have somebody assigned to making sure that all your records are right, that all your legalities are right. Somebody's actually got to be in the product delivery. Somebody's got to be making the thing that you sell. Whatever that product or service is, somebody's got to be innovating, asking, well, we've been selling widget A for X number of years. What would widget B plus three look like? What's next? Where do we go from here? What do we offer to sell that we currently don't sell so that we can compete with these guys that are trying to sell something different than what we're selling? And are you following me so far? See, in the world of business, it's not hard to very quickly see all the battlefronts that a leader has to be able to contend with with competition, with product, with sales, with HR, with internal. And now all of a sudden you got all these humans that are working for you. Then every human has their own little personalities and their own little issues and their own little attitudes. And don't even get me started on the attitude hack, the concept that feelings plus thoughts generate an attitude. And now you got one in your workplace and that can derail anything. The only thing more contagious than the common cold or, or COVID-19 uh, the only thing more contagious than that is an attitude. Get a bad attitude in your workplace, you've got a train wreck. But a leader's got to manage all of those battlefronts at the same time. And one challenge of the leader is to figure out which one of those battlefronts is a bigger threat. Which one has a chance to take me out now? Which one has a better chance of destroying my business if I don't contend with it right now? As I was saying, globally speaking, in an American standpoint, right now we've got issues on the border. We've got kids not going to school in public schools because of the threat of COVID. We've got kids that are not being able to, to take their mask off and have normal human relationships. I have eight grandkids. I can tell you how responsive those little guys are when you smile at them, when you laugh at them. And it, it breaks my heart. Just walking through the grocery store, if I bump into somebody's basket, normally, rather than interrupting their conversation or trying to start a new one, I would just smile at them. Well, nobody knows you smile at them now. Nobody knows that you did smile at them because they can't see your smile. So you have to go an extra level to do that. Now, all of these are just little battlefronts, like your marketing competitors, like your HR, like your internal attitude. All of these are little battlefronts. In America, we've got a border issue. We've got a gun control issue. We've got uh, 
the truth in the media issue. We've got what's really going on in politics issue. We've got the COVID-19 issue. We've got people who can come across the southern border into the United States from anywhere in the world unchecked, no COVID checks, no, no actual reason for being here except they want to be here. But if you're in one of the northern states and you go to Canada, you can't come home without a passport and a COVID check and, and the list goes on and on and on. So it's harder to get home if you leave the country than it is to get into the country that you don't belong in or that isn't your home yet. You see, see the challenge there. But that's just one. And that really is my point. As leaders, we have to look at every one of those issues and every one of those issues has human life involved. Every one of those issues has human feelings and emotion and futures involved. Every one of the issues that we have to address as leaders, there's somebody else to play. It's not just us. It's not just our opinion. We don't just get to decide what's going to happen with that. We've got to be legitimately concerned about everybody else involved. As leaders, we've got to figure out which one of those battlefronts will we attack first or next or what's going after them. What is the strategy when we get there? What will we do when we get there? And one of the things that I see across the country right now is a whole lot of people who, for lack of a better term, have taken a back seat. They, they've just leaned back in their recliner and crossed their arms and maybe even crossed their feet and crossed their eyes. They've, they've given up. They feel like there's too many battlefronts. I can't pick one. Is it, is it my finances? Is it what's coming down the pike with the banks and the way that finance is being changed? Is it, is it do I invest in gold or do I invest in real estate? And, and what happens when I invest in solar energy and then it all goes bankrupt? Or I invest in oil and then it all gets shut down? What if I have a job in the pipelines? Then it all gets shut down. It, all of these are issues that have to be addressed. And many people have just said, I'm done. I'm checking out. I can't fight it anymore. I don't even know where to fight. I don't know what to do next trying to lead a household, trying to lead a small business, trying to lead a country. Those are not easy tasks, but they require that all of us pipe up, that we give our voice, that we have something to say about this. So one of the little projects that I've taken on kind of as my own, and nobody asked me to do this, so to speak. Nobody came to me and threw their hands up and went, I need you to do this desperately. This is the next thing in the marketplace. No, it was, I believe, an inspired idea. For a lot of people, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's not really a pivot in my business. It's an additional service, if you will. But I want to give voice to people who have thrown their hands up. People who've just crossed their arms and said, nobody's listening to me anyway. Why would I even say something when nobody cares? Trust me, people care. Your voice matters. You may not have an opportunity right now for people to hear what you have to say who have lived through your experiences. I got to sit in a room yesterday with a teacher who's no longer teaching in the classroom, but she is a special ed teacher with more than 20 years experience. And she's now helping raise and tutor young kids who are coming out of the public school because they've missed a whole year of their pre-K or their first grade. And she said, I, I just want you to know that the heartbreak with these little guys who haven't had a hug they haven't had the affirmation. They can't see a smile. They can't read the teacher's lips when they're having a hard time hearing. They've got these plastic barriers between them and their teacher. And she said, these little people, the, the young boys and young girls who are in this condition are having a really hard time with their human relationship skills because they've been shut down so harshly from what would be the norm of their very early human development series or season in their life. It's just gone. Okay, you're not hearing a lot about that. 
in the media. They don't have time to discuss that or, or they don't see it as a big concern. I believe people like that need to have a voice and it needs to be heard and it needs to be shared in as many places as possible. So part of what I want to do with the Story Power TV is to give that voice. I want to do a First Amendment tour where literally we just set up in a parking lot like a rally or whatever. And I don't care what you have to say. I may not agree with it. I may not even like it. I might even take offense at it. But you have a right to say it and you should say it. If there's an opinion rolling through your head, as long as it's not harming other people, you should have a chance to get it off your chest because there's a chance, there's a real strong chance you're going to say something and as the words come out of your mouth, you're going to go, you know, now that I think about that, now that I actually say that, that's not such a good idea. Now, just be honest with yourself. You know that's happened in your life already. You said something and when you said it out loud, you went, did I say that out loud? Because that was like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I can't believe I'm the one that said it. I, I'll raise my hand. I know I've done it. Over the course of my life, I've said and done things that I look back on and go, I can't believe I just said that. But the challenge is that we've allowed ourselves to think it and act on it, even if we have never voiced it. And getting a chance to voice it not only removes the silence, but allows us to challenge ourselves and go, if I think that through, if I process that thought completely, if I actually vo verbalize that or vocalize that, will it change my opinion of it? It's possible might also trigger something in someone else who says, you know, you're right, that I hadn't thought about it like that. That's a great idea. We can take action like this. Or I was thinking the same thing, and here's what we've already started to do. There may be solutions that are already underway that you're just not aware of because right now there's so many different fronts that we're having to contend with as families, as leaders, as a country, around the world. We have people starving to death in various places of the world, but we're so concerned with the investment in masks and vaccinations and, and PPE that we haven't had a chance to send them the money for food. Or we haven't had a chance to go and do what missionaries would normally go and do or that humanitarian aid would normally go and do because we're all locked down. See, these are each different battlefronts. We've got to contend with them. And as leaders, we've got to ask ourselves, which front can I attack first? Where can I go next? What can I do immediately that will make an impact? Oh, well, for me, what I do well is encourage people to speak. Speak up. Share your voice. Even if I don't like it, even if nobody else likes it, share your voice. It should be heard. And what I do have access to is a platform, a stage, a broadcasting ability, and microphones. And so... That's how I'm going to attack this battlefront. I know there are a lot of fronts out there and I can't attack all of them and I can't do something about all of them, but I can give people an opportunity to be heard, to take to them, to pre present for them, to prepare for them a platform, a stage. Step up, give you a mic, I'll give you five minutes, tell me what you think. That's how I plan to attack the battlefronts of the many that we're facing in the world right now, of the many that we're facing in our businesses and our families right now, I, that's the one that I believe is most important that I have the immediate access to attack, to give a voice. So I will call it the First Amendment Tour, and I will start with that very, very soon. I'll make another announcement about it. But I want you to ask yourself as a leader, where can I make a difference right now? What can I do today? Is it your expertise to talk about the vaccinations? Is it your expertise to talk about the impact on uh, young children? Is it your expertise to talk about the impact in society? Is it your expertise to do virtual trainings on leadership? I'll probably be offering some of those through the summer as well. One of the challenges that we all have though is that we cannot, we cannot sit back and do nothing. It's too late to do nothing. Something's gotta be done. 
in the realms of influence that we have in the relationships that we have right now. Whatever that something is in your life, whatever you can do, you should do. Whatever battlefront is easiest for you to access and make a true impact, do it now. Don't wait another day. Get busy. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.